Friday. I am coming back. This is a single mama purpose. I'm coming back today to continue our conversation, our book discussion, our book review on John Eckhart's book, uh, Destroying the Spirit of Rejection, Receive Love and Acceptance and Finding Healing. We are in uh, chapter five now. And before I get started, I want to do something that I don't think I've done for the previous ones, but I just want to say a you know, quick, simple prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just come before you on this day, Father God. I just pray for everyone, including myself, Lord, that is dealing with a spirit of rejection, Lord God, not knowing what it truly was or what it truly is, and just getting a better understanding and knowledge of what it is that we are dealing with so we can break free from this, Father God, and become better people, better servants, better um, kingdom kids, Father God. So we just pray that you just open up our ears, open up our eyes, and let us see and hear what it is that we need to so we can move past this, Father God. And when we move past it, we're able to help others move past this uh, spirit of rejection as well, Heavenly Father. So it is in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus, that we pray, Father God. Amen. Okay, so let's go on and get into chapter 5, and the title is The Kingdom of Perversion. Those who are of a perverse heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. And that's Proverbs 11, 20. In Hebrews 4, 12, 13, the Bible says, For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to judge or discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no creature that is not revealed in his sight, for all things are bare and exposed to the eyes of him, to whom we must give account. Notice that this verse refers to the word of God functioning as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What this is basically saying is that the more of the word of God you know, the more discernment you will operate in. When you are flowing in discernment, the enemy cannot hide from you. There are th three excuse me, realms of discernment. One, an impartation of the gift of discerning of the spirits by the Holy Spirit. Two, discernment developed through spiritual experience. Three, and the discernment by the way of the word of God. Look again at Hebrews 4.13. There is no creature that is not revealed in his sight. Whose sight? The word of God. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. John 1, 1 through 14. Nothing can hide from the word. No creature can hide from the word. For all things are bare and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word is able to manifest, expose, make naked and open our eyes to the creatures that try to hide. In dealing with demons, we're dealing with creatures. Demons are beings created by God. At one time, they lived in heaven with God, but now they are fallen angels who rebelled against God. The creature is not greater than the creator. Satan and his kingdom are made up of nothing more than creatures. Satan is not God. He wants to be, but he isn't. Notice that every creature is exposed to the word of God, including demons and devils. This is what we are doing in this book. We are using the word of God to expose the spirit of rejection. It would not remain hidden in your life. 
it will be revealed in the sight of God. It will be exposed, made naked, and destroyed. The Spirit of God can show you how and where the Spirit is at work in your life. In this chapter, we are going to expose another stronghold that operates within the spirit of rejection. Perversion. Pulling down the strongholds that set up demonic chains in your life is the key to being delivered from the stubborn demon of rejection. If you recall, we discussed in the introduction and in chapter 1 that people take on rejection through trauma and abuse. As a result of rejection that enters a life through sexual abuse, molestation, incest, and rape, especially if these happen in childhood, an individual can become open to a spirit of perversion. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 15 through 17, watching diligently so that no one falls short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up to cause trouble, and many become defiled by it lest there be any sexually immoral or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Notice that one of the root problems people have sometimes as a result of the hurts or trauma they, have may, they may have experienced is called a root of bitterness. When bitterness is in your heart, it can lead you directly into sexual immorality. When you have unresolved hurts, anger, rejection, bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, and so on, the devil attempts to drive you into sexual sin. He often starts by causing rejection to, be, to come into your life when you are at a very young age. Some may say, I don't care about what people think about me. Yes, you do. Rejection hurts. We all want to be loved and accepted, and we should be. The pain of rejection can become so consuming that finding any way to cover up or to escape the pain is, our, is all our souls and spirits, spirits want to do. Rejection causes an, an insatiable desire to be loved and accepted while still holding on to the fear that one is unlovable and will never be accepted. You can see how even in rejection, a person exhibits a level of double-mindedness that can only come from a demonic realm. God is not the author of confusion, 1 Corinthians 14.33. The rejected personality seeks love and attention many times through ungodly connections that include perverse behavior and sexual sin. <sighs> Lord, help us, Jesus. In chapter 3, I mentioned that perversion doesn't come alone. It comes from a cluster of demons, including homosexuality, Lebanon, Lebanon, lesbianism, fetishes, molestation, and other sexual immortalities, such as pornography, masturbation, and fantasy, incest, pedophilia, sodomy, adultery, fornication, whoredom, harlotry, and seduction. I call this demonic cluster the kingdom of perversion. Perversion is a heart issue. <clears throat> Excuse me. Romans 1, 21-25. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him or give thanks to him as God, but become futile in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, 
they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their own bodies among themselves. They turned the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. Notice in verse 21 that God zeroes in on the heart. The spirit of perversion is a heart issue. There are many today who are preaching that certain lifestyles listed in Romans 1, such as homosexuality, are just nature things that can't change. Regarding homosexuality, it is even proposed for a while that there might be a gene that ties it to hereditary and causes one to be predisposed to being homosexual or transgender. And some are teaching that if you are a homosexual or have a leaning toward that lifestyle, there is no use trying to change because that's who you are and you can't change. There are homosexuals who have tried to change and found themselves right back in a homosexual lifestyle. Fornification. The term fornication from the group word fornia, which is where we get our English word pornography, is designed as illicit sexual intercourse, idolatry, fornification, homosexuality, lebianism, intercourse with animals, disgusting, sexual intercourse with close relatives, okay, um, sexual intercourse with a divorced man or woman, Mark 10, 11, and 12. Fornification is a general term for sexual sin. When the Bible says to avoid fornication, it is referring to sexual sin of all types. Lust, idolatry, homosexuality, lebianism, bisexuality, pedophilia, incest, and so on. Fornification is a condition of the heart. If you try to change an ungodly sexual lifestyle without dealing with your heart, you are doomed to failure. These things do not come from the outside. They come from the inside. The things that we do with our bodies don't come from our bodies. They come from our hearts. If you are struggling with sexual sin, know that there is something inside of you that needs to be dealt with. All sin originates in the heart. So if you're struggling with homosexuality, lesbianism, idolatry, her or any other type of sexual sin, and you have tried to repent, have come for deliverance, have come against the powers of darkness, and have declared, I'm not going to do this anymore, but you have dealt, but you haven't dealt with your heart, you'll never get victory over these areas. God has to do a work inside your heart. Often when the Holy Spirit is invited to search inside and examine the heart there is more than just fornication fornication present excuse me bitterness envy fear jealousy and rejection also show up these are things in the heart that cause you to get involved in sexual sin this is why it is so important that every believer does the following three things Number one, receive the gift of salvation. Number two, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number three, receive deliverance. 
You have to allow God to cleanse your heart. You have to make sure you are serving God with a pure heart. So if there is something in your life that you keep getting into over and over, you need to look at your heart. You need to ask the Lord to reveal what is in your heart that may be causing you to fall again and again. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, you won't know what's in you. Psalms 139, 23-24 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my concerns, and see if there is any rebellious way in me, and lead me in the ancient way. Let me say it again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my concerns and see if there is any rebellious way in me and lead me in the ancient way. Let me share something with you guys very briefly. Anytime I go before God, I I say something very similar. Because we're human. We're not always going to be right. We're not always going to be um, know everything. You know? Especially when you're first coming into, you know, to God, when you're a new believer, you don't know everything. It takes time to read the Bible, get that knowledge and understanding. So even now, it's been years since I've been um, a kingdom kid, a child of God. And I still, to this day, when I go before him, Lord, if there's anything that's in me that's not of you, take it away. If I've done anything knowingly and unknowingly forgive me if there's anything that I'm doing I'm saying let me know show me tell me so I can change so I can change you have to want to change we just can't continue to allow these uh things that we're doing things that we're allowing in our life because when we don't deal with our issues then it's like we're actually allowing it. We're giving the enemy access to continue to operate in our lives. I don't want that. I don't. When I made a decision to give my life back to God, I wanted to change everything. I didn't want to be the same old Tamara. I was like, I need to change. I need to change. And I didn't know about this spirit of rejection. I didn't know there was an actual name for things that I was dealing with, for things that I was allowing into my life, just letting stuff just fall by the wayside. So I encourage you to do the same. Let God search you. Let him have access to you so we can, so you can deal with whatever the issue is. The spirit of rejection comes with so many, it branches out to so many different things. I mean, it's a lot to have to deal with, but in the end, it's going to be rewarding for you. It's going to um, bring about so much needed change, so much um, victory in your life. Okay, so let me go ahead and continue. You can be full of the Holy Spirit, as it, is, as it says in Ephesians 5.18, but you can also be full of demons, as the passage above states. People who reject God 
invite the kingdom of perversion to take up occupancy in their lives, filling them with unrighteousness and everything that follows. When a person is oppressed by the spirit of perversion, there are demonic spirits that infiltrate his or her life. And I think I skipped this, so let me go back. It says, demons that operate in kingdom in the kingdom of perversion. Romans 1, 28-31. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not proper. They were filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immortality, wickedness, covetousness, maliceness, full of envy, murder, strife, and deceit. They were gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, proud, boastful, inventors of evil things, and disobedient to our parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, calloused, and unmerciful. And again, that's Romans 1, 28 through 31. Unrighteousness means sinfulness, wickedness, and justice. The Bible says all unrighteousness is sin. 1 John 5, 17. Sexual immortality or fornication in the King James Version. As we've already seen, we know that the Greek word meaning fornication is pornea. That's P-O-R-N-E-I-A which is where we get the word pornography. Fornification is more than two unmarried people coming together sexually. It is the umbrella term for all sexual sin and impurity. Wickedness, like fornification, is another umbrella term. According to the Webster's Dictionary, wicked is defined as morally very bad, evil, fierce, vicious, disgustingly unpleasant, vile, causing or likely to cause harm, distress, or trouble. In the Bible, wickedness is characterized as a spirit of Belial, Belial, which is the ruling spirit of wickedness. Mentioned in the Bible 16 times, Belial is responsible for spirits such as idolatry, uncleanness, Jezebel, rape and sexual abuse, alcoholism and drunkenness, infirmity, pornography, wicked plots, antichrist, seared conscience, lack of thoughtfulness, unloving, inconsiderate, and ungodly soul ties. Covetness. Webster's defines covet, covet, oh crap, covetous, okay, the objective form of covetousness as feeling as or showing a very strong desire for something that you do not have and especially for something that belongs to someone else. Covetedness is about being dissatisfied with what you have and it often gives place to jealousy, envy, and even murder. It is interesting that Romans 1 21 says, although they knew God, they did not glorify him or give thanks to him as God. As a believer, I find it hard to fathom that someone can know God and not give him glory and thanks, even if it's just for who he is. He doesn't even have to do anything to cause some of us to thank him. But a person who is tormented by covetedness is not satisfied or content. Most of all, they are not thankful. They are always thinking they deserve or should have more than what they do. And there are people like that. Um, malice. Demons by nature are malice. 
malice comes from the word malice. Wait, malice is, well, let me spell the words because I don't even know how I'm pronouncing them right. So the first one is M-A-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. Comes from the word M-A-L-I-C-E, which means desire to cause pain, injury, or distress to others. Um, malicious m-a-l-i-c-i-o-u-s people want to see others suffer and that's sad i know some people like that especially if the individuals did them wrong didn't give them their way or won't let them be in control a malicious person has a desire to see such an individual hurt i've dealt with people um like this in the church Um, envy we're not talking about a little spirit of envy in the corner we're not talking about one little demon hiding up under the table somewhere Romans 1:29 says full of envy this can also refer to jealousy covetedness and unthankfulness it is a painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage murder this demon enters through hatred anger and bitterness in matthew 5 21 through 22 jesus said you have heard that it was said by the ancients you shall not murder and whoever murders shall be in danger of the judgment but i say to you that whoever is angry at his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment again by his being the word made flesh jesus was full of discernment all the demonic spirits such as murder that attach themselves to anger and bitterness could not hide from him he then took on a prophetic mantle and exposed their connection to us so that we could loose ourselves from their grip strife strife refers to those who like to debate argue and stir up discord and disagreement some people always want to argue and never want to hear someone else's perspective this spirit also keeps individuals from hearing the truth about themselves and where they need to be with God. If you are saved and you know that the main part of your receiving salvation was first admitting you were wrong and then repenting, you couldn't come in arguing with a preacher, I really don't need to be saved, I don't have to read my Bible, I don't have to belong to this church, I can be what I want to be. Then when you're confronted with the truth of God's word, the demon of strife would have to say, well, I don't believe that. That's your interpretation. No, you know that in order to receive salvation, you have to come into agreement with the word of God. And I want to highlight that it has to be the word of God. Some people will try to impose their own way of thinking on you and try to say it's the word of God. And that's why we're supposed to read the word for ourselves so we can have the understanding and wisdom as well. So when people come at us, it has to line up with the word of God. Um, deceit. This is a spirit of deception. It includes deceiving spirits such as cunning, lying, and manipulation. Gossip. This demon is one of the spirits of the tongue, which also includes slander and negative divisive talking. Slander is another spirit that influences the tongue or what we say. It includes lying, gossip, 
lying about another person, being a false witness, criticism, and the like. Um, God-haters. Unfortunately, we are seeing a lot of these in our American culture. Many people would like to shut down the name of Jesus. We've taken prayer out of schools. We've begun to call preaching the truth of the word of God hate speech. Today, it seems that everyone is tolerant of everything except the things of God. This is very true. Insolence. This is another spirit that influences our speech. This is why it's so important to know that our words have power. That's why we have to be mindful of what we say and what we release out of our own mouths. The adjective form insolent means insultingly contemptuous, contemptuous in speech or conduct, overbearing. It also means rude or impolite, having or showing a lack of respect for other people. Pride is a stubborn demon that is often the most difficult to dislodge from a person's life. This is no lie. Okay, if you ever dealt with someone who has a spirit of pride, pray. Because <laughs> they, um, they're, they're stubborn. That's a stubborn demon. It is personified in Job 41 as Levithon. You will always find this spirit in the in the in well Lord. Let me start over. You will always find this spirit in a kingdom somewhere. Pride is also related to arrogance, haughtiness, and superiority. The Pharisees were examples of the spirit of pride, which manifested itself as a religious spirit. We'll talk more about that spirit in the next chapter. Okay. Boastful. This spirit is related closely to pride. It can also be a spirit that influences the tongue or what we say. Boasting is not only about feeling pride or superior, but also about, about reinforcing that feeling with bragging. The Bible says that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise so that no man can boast. God favors and blesses the humble, but he resists the proud. The proud and boastful do not receive help from the Lord. Um, let's see. Without understanding. People who lack understanding say things such as, I don't understand why, why that's wrong. I don't understand why I go to hell if I do that. I don't understand why I have to give that up. Well, of course they don't. They are without understanding. The devil will block your understanding. You will be blind and in the dark. You will be so mixed up and confused until you won't even understand who you are. The Bible says wisdom is principle. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Proverbs 4, 7. You need wisdom and understanding. Covenant breakers. People who are involved in perversion jump in and out of relationships as it is nothing. There is no faithfulness or loyalty in relationships. People who are struggling with adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, and bisexuality have gone to bed with many different people. They do not keep covenant. There are a lot of people like that running around in this world. Many of them are in the church that know the Bible. With natural affection, this 
phase in Greek means unloving and devoid of affection. It means hard-hearted toward kindred or having no love, compassion, empathy, or affection for those in your own family or community. Implacable. This means that someone you are dealing with won't be appeased, compromised with, placated, or satisfied. You can't make truces or peace with them. Unmerciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they obtain mercy. Matthew 5, 7. People who are controlled by perversion have no mercy or compassion. They are just cruel and selfish until they turn from this and repent. They will receive no mercy or compassion from God. These are the demonic spirits that operate in the kingdom of perversion. In Romans 1, the Apostle Paul is talking about men and women who would not worship God and got wrapped up in perversion, Lebanism, and homosexuality. As a result, God turned them over to those desires and they became reprobate. Their minds became open to all these demons to come in. Guard your heart, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, idolatries, sexual immortality, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Matthew 15, 19, 20. If you haven't realized it thus far, our heart is important. Our heart is important. If our heart isn't right, it throws everything else off in our lives. So we have to guard our heart. Okay, let me see. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What comes into your life flows out of your heart. How you end up in life is based on how you keep your heart. You end up in certain places because of what came out of your heart. Excuse me. Judas, a disciple of Jesus, is an example of what happens when you don't guard your heart. Now, super being concluded, the devil had put into the heart of Judas Aristocat, Simon's son, to betray him. John 13, 2. Not only do we see that Judas's heart was open to the enemy, but we also learn something about Satan. He likes to put things in the heart. He'll put the thoughts in your mind and inclinations into your heart. You're a homosexual. You're a lesbian. Because you allow this molestation to happen, you must like it. You must be a homosexual. How else can you explain it? If you receive these lies as truth, they will get in your heart and you will act them out. All sexual sin begins with a thought. You just don't fall in the bed with someone. You think about it before it happens. You don't wake up saying, what? What happened? How did I get here? It begins with a thought. You will never give victory over sexual sin until you take authority over the way you think. I don't care how much deliverance you receive, you have to control your thoughts. You can't think about sexual sin meditate on it and then expect not to get involved in it the more you think about something the greater the chances are that you'll end up doing it we must take our thoughts captive as 2nd Corinthians 10 5 says K 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. A lot of us are just too lazy. We let the devil run around in our minds all day long. From the moment we get up to the time we go to bed, we never get those evil thoughts out of our hearts, yet we wonder how we get so deep into certain sins. God wants to give you a new heart. Also, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will take away the stony heart of, out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36, 26. God will give you a new heart. It doesn't matter what was in your heart before you came to Christ. God will give you a new heart. If you've been struggling in any area we've discussed so far, know that God wants to give you a new heart that is free from the bondage of perversion. The Bible says, and I love this scripture, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 When you come to God, when you come to know his son, Jesus Christ, you cannot stay the same. You cannot. That's why I, I've never understood how people can go to church every Sunday, every um, midweek service they have for Bible study, for years, 10, 20 years, and still be jacked up. Still don't know the word. Still haven't changed. Still doing the same thing. Still drinking. Still smoking. Still sleeping around. And claim to be a child of God. How? How? And this is Bible. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. You have to be in Christ. So I guess I just answered my own question. And I, I tell people this all the time. Just because you come to church doesn't mean that you know God. Doesn't mean that you represent God. Doesn't mean that you serve God. Because if you don't know the scripture, if you haven't changed if you haven't gotten in him, if you haven't received him, if you don't believe in him, because some people just go to church just to dress up, just so they can be seen. And they, they walk in there knowing full well what they've done before they got there. But they still claim to be a child of God. It doesn't work that way. Second, I'm going to say this again. Second Corinthians 5, 17. If any man is in Christ. He is a new creature. All things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. God will give you a heart transplant. He will do a miracle in your heart. This is God's promise through the new covenant. It started with the people of Israel. God told them, I'm going to do something inside of you. Even though it is being taught that once you are a homosexual, you will always be a homosexual, God can still completely transform you. 
The same is taught about alcoholism. If you are once an alcoholic, you will always be an alcoholic. Now that's something I can speak on. That's enough. Alcoholism. For years. Years. I was a heavy drinker. People don't even know this about me. A heavy drinker. Functioning. Going to work. Taking care of my kids. But at night I would drink myself to sleep. God changed me. God did that. So for don't ever... Let anyone tell you that you can't change, that God can't change you. I don't care what the issue is. You give your life to him. You accept him in your life. He can change whatever it is that you're dealing with, dealing with whatever you're going through. Don't ever allow anybody to tell you that you can't change, that you can't do better because you can. But you have to give God access to your life and close out the access to the enemy. Okay? Um, the devil is a liar I don't care how much of an alcoholic you were you can be be delivered and when you are delivered you are no longer an alcoholic you are a new creature in Christ when God delivers you from alcoholism you can't even stand the taste of it anymore and that is true I I, nope not for me when God delivers you from smoking you don't even like the way the cigarette smelled anymore and you wonder how you ever smoked. When God changes your heart, you are no longer the same person you were before. There may be temptations that try to pull you back into your previous lifestyle, but you can shut those down. You don't have to be a homosexual or a lesbian anymore. You don't have to be a fornicator or adulterer. God is saying, when I do this work in your heart, There is going to be such a miracle that people are going to say they can't believe it. They will wonder how you left that lifestyle. The kind of change I am speaking of has to be an inside job. Okay, let's see what we got there. Oh, wow. That is the end of chapter five. That is the end of chapter 5. And again, the title of chapter 5 is The Kingdom of Perversion. And it started out with Proverbs 11.20. Those who are of a perverse heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. Okay? There's a heart issue. We have to guard our hearts. We have to check our hearts. We have to check what we allow into our lives, what we allow our eyes to see, what we allow our ears to hear. Okay? Whatever your issue is, break free from it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Be serious about it. Because it's it's an inside job, just like the words of John Eckhart said. It's an inside job. You have to do some work. You have to block the enemy's access in your life and you have to allow God in. Okay? So that's chapter five. Again, I thank you guys for listening. And this is a journey that we're going through together. I'm not talking at you guys. I'm, I'm talking... Um, uh, how can I say this? Um, I'm talking to us. 
because like I said before, if this is your first pocket that you're listening to, this book that I'm discussing, I deal with that spirit of the rejection. Didn't know what it was at first. And it's, it's been years, been years because I experienced um, rape at an early age. So from that point on, I've been dealing with this not knowing what it was, having so many issues in my life, you know? And now that I know what it is, I'm doing whatever I have to do to get rid of it. Because I don't want to be um, controlled by this spirit. I don't want my life to be on hold because I can't break free from something. So... I thank you guys for listening. I'm going to be coming on uh, again to continue uh, chapter six. And again, there's 12 chapters in this book. So when I come back, we'll be doing six. Um, and like I said, the chapters just get better and better, better and better. And I hope these um, discussions have been helping you guys because it's definitely helping me. I'm seeing so much and I'm just like wow my eyes are really being opened and I'm just like wow God wow and you know I don't know when this book was written I think it's a recent book but I'm like wow I, I'm glad that someone wrote this book a lot of people don't speak on spiritual things a lot of people don't understand spiritual things um, but it's something that I am passionate about I don't have a problem talking about it um you know, and some people, I know one uh, person told me, it happened to be a pastor, that um, if you're, I can't remember the exact words, but if you're like too spiritual, then you're no worldly good. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, I, I can't relate to that. I'm sorry. Um, because we're not supposed to be conformed to this world. You know, we're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to stand out. We're not supposed to blend in. So, I'm sorry. Um, I like learning about and talking about spiritual things because we're spiritual beings okay <laughs> so we have to know about this stuff and I really believe if more kingdom kids more children of God knew about the spiritual things our lives could be so much better I really believe that I really 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 believe that and so as much as I can I'm going to be sharing books like this um, I have, Lord, John Eckhart has so many books, and I don't have all of them, but I have quite a few of his. So whatever, you know, this uh, God or the Spirit, Holy Spirit leads me to share after this book, I'm going to do that because I want to be free, and I want everyone else that wants to be free to get free. Okay? So, thank you again. This is a single mom of purpose. You can uh listen to my previous podcast on this same app or whatever you're listening to on it um i'm on instagram single mom of purpose i have a women's um group on facebook kingdom gals ministries um you can check out my website i've been blogging on my website for what is it four years now um and that is mccarthy enterprises.com I am a self-published author you can find all of my books on Amazon you can also find out those um, books on my website what those titles are um, and that's it and I will be back with you guys 
sometime soon to continue our discussion. Have an amazing day. Enjoy your holiday. If you're having a long weekend, thank you, Jesus. I'm in the in the mix. I love three-day weekends, so if you are like me, enjoy it, um, and we will be talking shortly.